Welcome to the new podcast for WGTS 91.9's Gateway Fellowship, a place that is about inspiring hope. You can find out more about us and hear more messages at mygatewayfellowship.com. Yeah, I don't want anything to block you guys, you know, or, or ourselves. Have you ever noticed sometimes in life you can have things that are just kind of blocking your blessings? Seriously, there's like that one thing that's always in the back of your mind and it always just kind of ruins your mood. You know what I'm talking about? And, and, and what I would love to see here tonight is just God's fresh anointing just pouring all over us. And that's what we want here tonight. So I'm going to ask uh, Anthony, I think, did you get that scripture I, I got? All right, so let's put this up on the board, on the screen. It's a bit of a long scripture, but it's important, and uh, I want you guys just to read it. We're going to read it together. Hopefully, everyone, everyone can see it, and it says, immediately, let's read it out loud, immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side where he dismissed the crowd. After he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone. Let's keep reading together, guys. But the boat was already a considerable distance from the land, buffeted by the rays, because the wind was against it. During the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were what? It's a ghost. Keep going. But Jesus immediately said, Tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got down, walked on the water, and came towards Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid, and beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said, why did you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. And they worshiped him. <laughs> it's the next, the last, the last lie. But it's all right. Amen. How many of you guys heard that story before? Read that verse before? All right. So you guys, you're familiar with this. This is a powerful, powerful story. And this is what we're talking about for the next couple of weeks. It's based off a book by John Ortberg. We're going to try to get a few of those for, for some giveaways here just to, just to bless you guys with. But it's a book called, If You Want to Walk on the Water, You Got to Get Out of the Boat. You Got to Get Out of the Boat. And what we're going to talk about for the next couple of weeks is all based around this scripture. So I would encourage you to, te- to spend, take some time with it, spend some time, read it. Let it just simmer in your soul and see what God is doing. All right, I have a few points that I want to say. So here we go. Let's paraphrase it. The disciples are going. Jesus dismissed them. Jesus goes off by himself to pray alone. Quick little side note of the day. Make sure every day you spend some time alone to pray. Okay? If you don't, I guarantee you there will be a void in us, and we need that alone time. However, don't let that take the place of community. We need to be together. We need to support one another. We need to trust one another. We need to be able to give our requests to one another and say, hey, this is what I'm going through. And you'd be surprised how so many of us are going through some of the same things. But still, you need to spend time alone every day to pray. If Jesus Christ needed to do it, you need to do it. Don't be confused. 
Don't be confused and say, I said my grace today. I had my prayers. You know, that's not enough. Trust me. This is not a guilt trip at all. This is just a little word of encouragement. I guarantee you, you spend some time praying, you'll see some things starting to happen. So Jesus is off praying. And the disciples are going on this boat, and they're, they're going, and these guys are fishermen, right? They're fishermen. They're used to the water. They've been on it all the time. They're on this boat, and there's this storm coming. One scripture says it's probably like around 2 or 3 in the morning. So this is late. They're out on the water, and this storm comes up, and it's like, you know, that deadliest catch kind of storm. The waves are just crashing, and these are experienced fishermen, but they get afraid. Because the waves are going and the wind is shooting out loud. <laughs> Super loud. It's going waves all over the place. Then they actually become afraid. Experienced fishermen get scared. And what happens? Here comes Jesus walking on the water. Like we said, it's not nice and pretty water. Like, you know, it's kind of more like this. It's like triangles or mountains. It looks like mountains. <laughs> you know, scary little waves. And Jesus is just walking on it with no problem. He's just walking on the water with no problem. Can you think about that for one second? Our God is master of the storm. The first thing it says right here, he's walking on the waves. And there he is. And they get scared. They become terrified. They say, it's a ghost. It's a ghost. But Jesus says, no, no, don't be afraid. It's me. It's me. I think Jesus gave him that little wink that, you know, Jesus, you know, Oh, that's Jesus. You know, they, 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 whatever it was, they became calm. And Peter says, Lord, if it's you, tell me to come and I'll, I'll come over to you. And Jesus says, come. And Peter gets out that boat and he starts to walk on the water. Peter, the second coolest name in the Bible, is walking on the water. And he's there and he has these moments with God and we don't know. And then he re- remembers the ways. Remembers the storm and the wind. Did you like that? I was really alone on that one, but you laughed, so that was good. <laughs> that was awesome. You like wind? Dude, we're going to talk all night then. This is great. So the storm is going, and he realizes it, and he gets afraid, and he starts to sink. And what does he do? He calls out to Jesus, and what does Jesus do? He helps him. Okay, there's so many sermons you've probably heard about this verse. And I don't want to, I may repeat a few things. But I have three simple points I want to talk about. First is this. This story is not so much about just this great miracle, although it's it's awesome part of it. But this passage is primarily a story of obedience to Christ. All right? And this first point I want to go over is about, is, is, we'll just call it this, just wait for Jesus before you move. Okay? Wait for Jesus before you move. Peter's on, on the boat. He sees Jesus walking. He's scared. But he knows that's him. And he feels a stirring in his soul and says, Lord, if it's you, tell me to come out to you and I will. But before he got out that boat, did he wait for Jesus to say, come on? You bet. He did. He waited for God to say, come on. Now let's just break this down for our lives. How many of you guys have dreams? Something that you want to do. Places that you want to go. You have 
hopes. You have that little stirring in your soul. You know, I want to do this. And sometimes, how many of you guys, maybe in the past, you got a little too anxious and you took this big chance. And in retrospect, when you think about it now, you're like, why didn't I just wait a little bit more and think that thing through before I fell apart? Anyone? I'm sure, whether you raise your hand or not, sometimes we, ju- we jump the gun. And we go so much off of our feelings. And I think there's a real important reason why Matthew keeps, why Matthew mentions this. That Peter says, tell me to come to you and then I will come. I will not move until you call me out. I'm not going to go off of my feelings. I'm not going to go off of what I think. I'm going to go off of the calling of Christ saying, come on out. It's okay. You can get, you can do this. Because maybe in his, in his heart, he, he might have been too anxious, just jumped out and sank right away. But instead, he was affirmed by God and said, come on out. Come on out. The water's great. You can do this too. But he waited. Didn't base things off of feelings. And I think, friends, so many times we do, we make so many of our decisions just based off of what we feel. And we don't take the time to just slow down and say, God, what do you want in this? And one thing that's a little, you know, kind of hard about this verse is that Peter says, is that you? Do you want me to do this? Then tell me to come. And Jesus says right away, yeah, come on. But sometimes when you're praying to God and you're asking, Lord, what do you want me to do? It's like crickets, or at least it seems like it, right? God, what am I supposed to do? Where should I go? There's silence. There's time. It's not always this immediate response and we're like, all right, this is what I'm going to do. Sometimes that happens and that's great, but sometimes it doesn't. And this shows us that we got to be patient and obedient and wait for God to move and not go so much off of our feelings. Sometimes our feelings can get us in trouble. And I, I'll never forget when I was a new Christian, a friend of mine uh, told me the good news about Ezekiel 49 verse 11. And it's basically the paraphrase that God will, will lead you and he'll, he'll give you these feelings in your heart to, to tell you which way to go. And that's good news, right? Right? You know that verse does not exist. <laughs> he tricked me. <laughs> he said, you can always trust Ezekiel 49 verse 11. I was like, yeah, God will tell me what to do through the feelings in my heart. There is no Ezekiel 49. He was like, go check it out first before you start agreeing to this. Don't just jump off your feet. It's kind of mean. And I apologize if I may say amen. But you get what I'm going at? There's, there's, a bigger, there's a bigger things than just being a little embarrassed like this. What happens when we just, we just go off of our feelings? Yeah, I can trust Pete. Man, maybe you can't trust Pete. You can trust God, though. Right? That's the truth. So one thing that we learn right away is that God has some big things for us, but we got to make sure that we are in line with his will first. Don't listen to Ezekiel 49, love. <laughs> Here you go, to maybe summarize it. Be bold. Be bold and ask God big things. Okay? Be bold and ask God big things, but be even bolder and more faithful enough to listen until he says to move on it. Okay? Be bold to ask big things, but be bold to wait until he says, all right, this is what we're going to do. Because sometimes you got to wait. Amen? All right. Now, the other thing is this. I lo- always loved this story, and I remember growing up, I was like, 
wow, Peter is such, you know, my name is Peter and Peter's in the Bible. And Peter's the cool one who got out the water. You know, Peter was the one who wasn't afraid. And Peter was the one who chopped your ear off like Peter's a gangster. And I love him. You know, Peter is awesome. Like, I always thought that Peter was so cool, but I always hated this part of the, the verse that Peter, like, was focused and he was walking and then he falls. Like, ah, just like watching, like, your favorite, you know, sports, your favorite athlete, like, do something almost so good, you know, like he's going for the dunk and boom, like, just messes up or, you know, he drops the ball in the end zone like the Baltimore Ravens did. My favorite team. The greatest team, but they, even they made mistakes. You know, so here's, here's Peter, and, you know, he, you know, what I love to, I love to just imagine about this, oh, come on. <laughs> I love to, I love to just imagine, because there's so much, there's so much power in just the space of Scripture, right? Like, we look at the Scriptures, and we're just like, all oh, right, sentence by sentence, period, next, you know, you go on, but you never know. I mean, like, what it says is that Peter got out the water, and he started to walk, and then, you know, real quick, and then, you know, but we don't know if right away Peter started to sink. We don't know if there was, like, these moments with him and Jesus where they're just like, you know, Simon says. And they're just like, they got these, these little brief time, and they're just like, there's this moment with them on the water doing, you know, maybe they were dancing. Maybe they were laughing. Who knows what they were doing? But we, we don't know what happened. We don't know what happened. But I know one thing. If I got onto the water just for a little bit, I would be super excited. I would be like jumping up the waves, like sliding down, trying to do all these things. You know, I would do all that. And then what happens? Then he remembers the storm. He remembers the storm is, is there. You know, and then he falls. He fails. And it's, it's, that's just such a, a hard part. And what's funny about this is, you know, this will be our point number two is Following Jesus is worth the risk of failing. Okay? Failing in quotes. Because we're going to talk about that a little bit. It's worth the risk of failing. Trusting in Jesus and being obedient is a risk. Okay? It's a risk. Let me explain it for a little bit. Peter's out there. He's walking. Who knows? Let's just imagine, just for, just humor me, that him and Jesus are like dancing. They're doing all kinds of things. And then he remembers that the storm is there. Now the storm has been there the whole time, right? It never stopped. It was there when he got out of the, out of the boat. It was there the whole time. It's just the fact that he was focused on Christ for this, for this moment. Now, a little personal note. This week, was the one-year anniversary of my mom's passing. The hardest days of my life, family's life. It was on Thursday. And Pastor Terry's brother, one-year anniversary on Friday. One day apart. Hard, hard days of our lives. The storm. You know what I'm talking about? You know what it means to be in a storm. You know what it means when the waves are going crazy. But then I I just got to testify to this, is that I remember times, you know, this time last year that my family came together and in all of this brokenness and pain, we're still somehow able to just worship God and lift him up. That not only did we have a, you know, a service for my mom, but then we had a praise and worship service. That's turning our eyes away from the storm and focusing on Jesus. 
Now I say that to boost ourselves up, but I'm saying it's possible. And you know it's possible too because you've probably experienced that when you're in the storm. But even though it's going crazy all around you, somehow you lock eyes with Christ and you're not distracted anymore. You're having a good time even though things are going crazy all around you. You're smiling even though things are technically bad. But somehow you got this hope in you that's reassuring you that you're going to be all right. You know what I'm talking about? So we know we can relate to this. We can relate to this. And Peter knew firsthand. But still, then he loses focus and he falls. He sinks. So did he fail? John Orberg in the book uh, offers the following about failure. He says this, failure is not an event, rather a judgment of an event. Failure is not something that happens to us or a label that we attach to things, but it's the way that we think about particular outcomes. Here's an example. There's a guy named Jonas Salk. I think that's how you pronounce his name. And he developed the vaccine for... All right. Jerry. That's how he... Good radio man. He knows all these things. (laughs) So he developed the vaccine for polio. But before he got this, do you know that he made 200 attempts that failed? So before he gets his vaccine, 200 attempts that failed. And he was asked one day, how does it feel to fail 200 times? And he said, I do not believe in the word failure. Instead, he referred to these attempts as 200 successful ways to not cure polio. Was it a failure? Were all those times before failure? Or did those actual, those 200 times, were they steps to the right place? You see where I'm going? This failure concept is, is, is something that can really get you in a trap. But in all honesty, sometimes it's those tough, tough times and those letdowns and those broken heart that actually gets you to where you need to be. So did he fail? Did Peter fail? In a sense, yes, he did fall and fail and fall and fail. I guess it's the same thing. However, it's important to note this, that there were 11 other failures in the boat. There were 11 other failures just sitting there. Their failures were private. They never even moved. They never even got out. They never even took the chance. Their failure was private and without public ridicule. Peter was the only one to know that publicly. I failed. Peter was the only one to probably look down. Man, why did you? You know, still, even me. Peter, you were so close. Man, why did you drop the ball? You, you failed. But all those other disciples, what were they doing? They were sitting there, scared, shaking, just watching, wide eyes. They didn't do anything. So in a sense, yes, Peter did fail. But also this. Peter is the only one to know two other things along with that failure. Peter's the only one out of that group that knows how it actually feels to walk on water, even if it was just for a time, or maybe a little bit longer, and they were dancing. Peter's the only one who knows how it feels to attempt to do something impossible and actually do it through the Spirit of God. Those disciples, they didn't know. Why? Because they weren't afraid to take the risk, the risk of failing. Peter got out, and he did it. He knew what it's like. And then the other thing is this. Peter was the only, other, was the only one to know what it feels like to be lifted up by Jesus. 
in a moment of desperate need. Only he knew what that felt like because only he got out of the boat. My last bullet point says Peter is the best. (laughs) He got out. He took a chance. For all intents and purposes, he failed. But he tried. And with that failure, what did he walk away from? Two powerful things. He knows what it's like to just trust God and step out and take the chance and succeed through God's power. And he also knows what it feels like to start sinking in this crazy storm. And what happens? Cry out to Jesus, and Jesus picks him up. That's an intimate relationship he had with Peter. It's a moment that only they shared. Only they could share because only he got out the boat. It's good news. And I'm going to wrap this up. Um, You know, Jesus saved Peter. That's the bottom line. He saved him. And he taught him love. Danny, can you come up here for a second? I know I I can always just call on Danny. Bring a microphone. This is something just, just a little, this, this, is, this is important to me as a pastor and as your pastor here, just to, to say this, is that Jesus helped Peter up and he, he taught him, you know, about God's grace and love. So two things. Jesus physically saved him from drowning in the water, but then he helped him to grow. But I love the way that Jesus did that. Because Peter and Jesus are out there on the water. The rest of the disciples are scared, and they're on the boat. And what sound was going on around them? That wind, right? I don't even have to say it. This guy knows it. That wind is blowing hard. The waves are splashing. The waves are splashing hard. And Jesus, alone with Peter, alone with Peter, I mean, that's kind of wimpy wind. You know, it's, it's, give it to him, man. There you go. That's, that's crazy wind. You know what I mean? Martin, Martin, come up here. Keep it going. Keep the storm. The storm is going loud and obnoxious and it's crazy. All right. Could you guys hear what I just said to, to Martin? That's because that's our moment, right? And what did Jesus say? You little faith. Why'd you doubt? I love the fact that Jesus can say, all right, guys, you guys can sit down. You're an awesome wind man. And you're an awesome Peter. I love that Jesus didn't say, all right, everyone, get on the boat. We need to have a power hour real quick. I don't know what I just said. <laughs> Peter, you have little faith and you doubted me. And all the disciples come like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But what happened? They talk there, and then they get on the boat. So any good mentor that you have, you know, it's not about publicly criticizing someone and trying to cut them down, but it's about trying to help them grow and say, hey, why, why such little faith? Don't doubt me. Today, I went to a soccer game for my little niece. Her name is Lorelai. They play soccer, and they, you know, it's, it's here in Montgomery County, and it's divided up into cu- colors, I guess. So there's the green. So they're the green lightning. And uh, she's, you know, their team is terrible. <laughs> okay. But they, they just have so much fun. I mean, like, all the teams are terrible. You know? I mean, th- nobody, nobody really knows how to, how, what they're doing, but they just have so much fun. 
I mean, they kick, they get the ball and just boom, no matter what. They boom, they just kick it anywhere it, it can go. They just kick that ball so far. And I always tell her, like, Lorelai, just hold on one second. Just, just before you kick the ball, just stop it and control it. You know, and then you can, like, shake them and make them feel stupid and win. You know, you can win. And I tell her that with passion. But I tell her that with love, not to take away from her for just kicking the ball. I'm not trying to cut, cut her down. I'm trying to help her grow. And Jesus, you, family, please just hear me. This is really important. Jesus is growing Peter with love. And he's not out there pointing his finger and making a spectacle out of him. But he's saying, I want to see you grow. I want to see you do better. And I know that you can. So please let that be a lesson for us the next time we're pointing any fingers at anybody. And if you're a mentor of someone, make sure you show them and teach them love. So here you go. The storm is out there. I don't know what your storm is. It could be bad. It could be something physical, cancer, bills, depression, addiction, loneliness. I don't know what it is. And your boat, you know, it may be comfortable. It may be not so comfortable, but still it's safer than the storm, right? What I want to encourage you tonight is to have the faith to trust Jesus and get out the boat and believe in him. Because a storm is a part of life, but he's worth the risk. And know this, that with God, even if you fail, you're going to get lessons out of it. You're going to get growth out of it. You're going to get experience. You're going to know next time what not to do, and your life is going to get better. Remember, those are not failures at all. Those are just steps to the end product, which is going to be awesome. See, God is so concerned with you and I being with him forever. And he paid it all on the cross. And we can trust that. And for some of us who now believe that, now you're like, okay, well, what's next for us? Well, now God is calling us into abundant life. A life that gives first so much, gives grace and shows love and shows God's favor and show that God is a merciful, loving and accepting God who's just and holy. And he's calling us into this abundant life with him. And I'm telling you guys, being on that boat is going to keep you locked away. You may be safe, but you're going to miss out on all the adventure that comes along with just trusting Jesus. So think about it. What's your storm? What are you going through? You know, for some of us, we have so much pain, so much pain. Trust Jesus with it. He can carry you through. As I said, a year ago, this time, I was so broken. I still am broken, family. I'll be honest with you. I'm dealing with this every day because you never really get over it. You know, anyone who's lost someone, you, you never really get over it. And you're not supposed to. But instead, you're just supposed to remember that God's going to pull you through this and that this is not home. This is not home. And God is making all things new. He's making all things new. So be encouraged. So a while ago, I, um, a couple, well, actually a couple months ago, I got to go see a singer that I just absolutely love. He's a praise and worship guy named John Mark McMillan, the guy who sings How He Loves. I just love that guy, man. Everything that he, that he makes musically is, is always so awesome to me. And, um, 
we were there Danny was there with me and we were just worshiping and he has this song and uh, it's called the love that you swore that God swore love to us he pledged his love to us made a covenant with us and we can hold on to that Wherever life's journey is taking you, we hope you can find a home at Gateway Fellowship, a ministry of WGTS 91.9. We'd love for you to visit us sometime. Services happen each Saturday evening at 6. You can learn more about us and get more podcasts at mygatewayfellowship.com.